Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And if there's an app or an outlet that you use and you can't find My First Sketch, let me know. I'll try to fix that. It would be really cool if you rate five stars and leave a review wherever you get it. You can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. You can follow along on Twitter at myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com where I'll post any of the videos we talk about on today's episode or any any other thing I find fun. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, drinking game ideas, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com. And I'll get back to you in a timely fashion. Unless you go to the spam folder, and then it might take an extra day or two to remember to double-check that. Today, we continue highlighting writers and performers taking part in this year's Toronto Sketch Fest Screen Time Edition. So we're heading back to Toronto, because today's guest is Emily Richardson, formerly a member of the Sketchersons, which was the house team for Sunday Night Live in Toronto at Comedy Bar. Emily's first sketch is called Fugitive. Emily reads the role of the criminal, Donaldson, I read the police officer, Marquez, and I'll also give you any of the visual or action information you might need to know. All right, so let's go to the sketch. Serial roof of a tall building, a cop, Marquez, chases a criminal, Donaldson, to the edge of the building. Donaldson stops just before she falls over the edge. Marquez points his gun at her. She's cornered. Your 60 store is up, Donaldson. You're mine. No way, Marquez. You'll never take me. It's over. You've got two options. Go back to jail or fall to your death. Donaldson looks desperately between the gun and the street below. Well, what if I jump and a bird catches me? What? It's an option, Marquez. Admit it. I jump off this roof, land on the back of a pigeon, and fly to sweet, sweet freedom. Donaldson takes one step closer to the edge. No, it's crazy. The bird would buckle under your weight, and the chances of you landing on a random pigeon... It makes no sense, Donaldson. What about a very large hawk? Huh? Huh? What then? That's still way too small. Damn it. Let me think here. The clock is ticking, Donaldson. Serve your time or end up a stain on the sidewalk. Either way, it's over. Got it. All right. What if I jump and I fall into a truck full of feathers? Ha! Option number three. Why is there a truck full of feathers? Pillows, Marquez. Pillows! Even if there is a truck full of feathers, where's the truck's roof? If it was open like that, all the feathers would just blow away. Damn it, that's a good point. Tick tock. Shut up! Just give me a second. Okay, okay, okay. What if, what if I jump and, and Spider-Man swings over and, no, that's stupid. Never mind. That's, that's stupid. What will it be, Donaldson? Okay, I got it. I got it. A real surefire third option that gets me off this roof, Scott Free. I'm listening. It's a good one. Your mind is going to be blown when you hear this. Great. Let's hear it then. Boy, oh boy, you pigs aren't going to know what hit you. This is classic Donaldson. It's pretty obvious you've got nothing. Shut up! I ain't going back to the slammer. I'm innocent. I didn't kill my husband. I don't care. Really? Cool, because I'm definitely guilty. Guilty of this great idea, which is... I thought I'd have it by the end of that sentence. Tick-tock goes the clock. Where is this clock? I hear it ticking, but I don't... I see... Donaldson loses her footing and falls off the roof. Marquez rushes to the side of the building and looks over the edge. Oh my God, she's falling so far. Wait, where'd that very large hawk come from? What, it actually caught her? Is she flying? My God, she's flying. Oh no, they're both dead. All right, works for me. And he walks away whistling. The end. Are you a fan of sketch comedy like Monty Python, Key and Peele, and Saturday Night Live? Have you ever wondered why their sketches are funny? Or maybe why that certain sketch didn't make you laugh. On the comedy podcast Sketch Nerds, we aim to answer those questions while having fun talking about the history and craft of sketch comedy. Every episode features a guest to help us break down our favorite sketches, as well as those submitted by listeners like you. 
So come nerd out with us and listen to Sketch Nerds at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Hey, I'm AJ Schrader, and I believe everyone has a story worth telling, and also that I should potentially profit off of their stories. That's why I started the podcast I Wrote You a Pilot, where each episode I talk to a not-yet-famous person about their television interest and then make them read a television pilot I hastily wrote for them with the hopes of catching the eyes of the president of television. It's available on most major podcast platforms, or you can find out more directly at iwroteyouapilot.podbean.com. Lightning, there's thunder. Where there's trouble, there's Donder. Meet Donder. I'm Donder. A.K.A. Jeff. Maybe we can work together someday. That would be a dream come true. Jeff wants to be a superhero. You got a pen? Uh, uh, yeah, in my fanny pack. But he's not very super. Help! He has one chance to prove himself. My name is Candace. I'm with Nondescript. That's the biggest super agency in the city. But will that be enough? What if I'm not very good at picking teammates? Here's the plan. I punch him. Then I punch him. I'll pull off his penis and punch him in the balls with it. When we put so much into becoming someone we never become, we forget one important thing. I've been chasing one thing for so long, I, I don't even know who I am without it. We never stop becoming. Listen to Tights on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. Hi, Emily. Hello. All right, so tell me about the sketch. Where did this idea come from? Um, well, this is from 2016. Uh I was auditioning for the um, the troupe, the Skechersons, the Toronto troupe, and I uh, didn't get in, but this was my sketch to get in. I got in the next year, the following year, um, so I didn't get in with it. This was inspired by The Fugitive. Clearly, mm-hmm. it's called Fugitive. Um, my brothers and I were huge Fugitive fans in the 90s of the and early 2000s. movie? Yeah, The Fugitive, yeah. Okay. Not, not the TV show, no, we're not, we're not that cool. Oh, I don't know. There was multiple TV shows of it, so maybe you like the one. I don't know, maybe. Maybe you like Tim Daly a lot. Huh? I find Tim Daly <laughs> very sexy. It's funny you say that. <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't heard, I haven't heard anyone not from the internet mention Tim Daly in my real life. But so there's a, a a YouTube channel where it just like it mashes up all the um like the 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 openings of all the new shows of a particular season, mm-hmm. and they just uh, uploaded like 2000 and there was the fugitive starring tim daly i was like wait that was a thing like so that's why it's fresh in my head of course yeah he never really popped off did he he had wings in the 90s was he on he was on the the sopranos too right i I don't know he's he's one of those guys i feel like he at least does a pilot a year Mm -hmm. and maybe that pilot goes to series and I feel like there was something that he did like for a couple seasons, but nothing, nothing guy. like Wings. I'm looking him up. Yes, he was on <laughs> Sopranos. He was on Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starred on Private Practice. There you go, Private Practice. So okay. he was on, and he was on Madam Secretary. So neither okay. of the, those are in my wheelhouse. So no, me neither. But they're in somebody's. So I, I yeah, I feel like he he um. That Mark Harmon guy from NCIS, like totally almost that same energy of like older, older mom TV. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, my mom loves NCIS. So, yeah. All right. So this was a a fugitive sketch for the Skechersons. Mm -hmm. Uh, What drove you to, to write for, write the sketch to try to get to the Skechersons. Skechersons. Um, Well, here's the thing. I, before I started writing, I was one of those people who was like, I'm a writer, but I just don't have any proof. Um, And uh, I'm also a perfectionist. So anytime I would write something and it wasn't perfect or hilarious, I'd just give up. So I am, I was big on, I need a deadline. So basically I auditioned for the Skechersons. And then from there, I got to the second round and this was for the second round. So when you, when you audition for the Skechersons, if you get into the second round, you get to be in this kind of audition show. Okay, and yeah. let's say there's five slots, for example, it's different every time. And they do, they do this every couple of years. Um, they'd have you bring in a few of your sketches 
they pick one, like you definitely get one in the show. They pick some other random, like phony commercial of mine, which I didn't even like. And then they, um, they put you in the show and then they bring all the alumni in and whatever, all your friends. And then if you do a good enough job, in theory, you'd get into the Skechersons, but I did not. So hmm. yeah, but the deadline was great to write. The deadline was great. Yeah, it sounds like you and I have a very similar writing process where it has to be perfect before yeah. someone sees it. And a deadline is super helpful. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm trying that. to shake the whole perfect thing, like letting people see first drafts and like mm-hmm. give notes more appropriately. But that's, yeah, that's all still hard for me. I I am much better at it now because once I did get into the sketcher since the next year, it's, it's um Sunday Night Live. So it's like... Mm-hmm based on um my cats in the cupboard behind me bob chill the fuck out bob the cat has been sleeping for 23 hours a day and then the moment i get on a podcast he's like clang 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 want the trolley um <laughs> so anyway uh once i did get into sketch your sins we do this thing called sunday night live um so basically for those of you at home who aren't in toronto and in the comedy scene um, so most people I'm sure listening to this, the Skechersons is a troupe. Um, and then they were before the pandemic, the house sketch troupe of comedy bar, which is like our main like comedy bar. And every Sunday we put on kind of like a rip off of Saturday night live where we're yeah. writing, um, new sketches every week and we put them up. So that made me a lot less precious because yes. I'm churning out crap every be. week. You, you can't yeah. be precious. I'm not precious anymore. Yeah. I mean, I am, but you know, <laughs> less, <laughs> um, before we get into Skechersons and all that other mm-hmm. fun, let's go to the beginning. What were you into growing up? What what made you laugh? Um, I was really, I didn't have a ton of friends. So, and I was bad at all extracurriculars. So I was big into getting home and watching those sitcoms. Uh, Frasier, Just Shoot Me was huge for some reason. Simpsons, Seinfeld was big, all the sitcoms. And then SCTV, that, uh, the second yeah. city TV show that was that was big. It was on reruns. Did, was that like actively re-airing as you were growing up down there? Like yes, up, it was. Well, up yeah. there since up you're there. north. <laughs> like, because that was something that for a while, like it was completely unavailable in America. And I feel like my generation would have preferred that to be a thing. Like, yeah, um, yeah like it was now, weird. I I tried to buy like the DVD sets. And they're all mislabeled. Like, <laughs> like second uh, SCTV season one is only the first season when it was like airing here in America, so yeah. it's missing like the three or four years before that. Like, that's so like this. Annoying. This doesn't have like John Candy on it. Like that's yeah, how late into the series it is. It's. I, I was so annoyed. Uh, that sucks because it really is fantastic and it really holds up a lot of it. Like. And then and you mentioned Just Shoot Me too, which for another like for another a weird thing like I remember really digging that show when it was out too. Like, <laughs> it was really funny, yeah. Um, there uh, when George Siegel passed away earlier this year, I, I dug into an episode and I found that like and I had completely either forgotten about this or not realized the significance of this, but Jessica mm-hmm. Walter played his ex-wife. I know, and they were married in real life. This episode of of Jessica or were they? Walter, no, no, they no. weren't married in real life. I take it back. No, that Jessica was Walter was somebody um, else. The voice that played her husband on Archer. Those two were married. Yes. But, it was Rachel's dad from Yes, 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 yes. My but, apologies. But Jessica Walter and George Siegel acting together in a sitcom was pure joy to me. Like, it was so fun. Right. It was such a, like, if, you know, I'll put it in a, in a link somewhere of like what season it is, but it's, it was so like, oh, these two are great. And they died like the same time. Like roughly within like weeks or months of each other. Yeah. Bizarre. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So going home for sitcoms, like. Mm-hmm. Big time. How. Were, so it was always comedy. Like. Yeah. Like the, those syndicated rerun sitcoms, Frasier, which. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I was big into Degrassi, the uh, the '80s Canadian, like they're all Canadian, but like the really Canadian the original. '80s version. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was mainly for the the sex stuff. I wanted to learn about sex, <laughs> and I didn't. I was like, "What's this? <laughs> tell me about these. Tell me how you have sex. <laughs> Let's figure so, this out." So Degrassi's like, I, I'm completely unfamiliar with it because it's at least, especially with the original one, and then the the new one that came, I just mm-hmm. wasn't 
the right age for it at all but like so i always pictured degrassi being like our saved by the bell where it's completely sanitized g-rated but it, it wasn't not at all and that was the beauty of degrassi it was these it was made in the 80s originally and the regular looking kids and it's like no offense to a lot of the they're not great actors but it, but in their not being trained it's almost their 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 acting style is so naturalistic and and you buy it um and they go there like they they had aids episodes they uh you know everyone kept getting pregnant um but it was weirdly it was weirdly real it was like it's i'm honestly like it, it's one of the best canadian tv shows i think the original degrassi hmm yeah, because, yeah, I always thought it was just say by the Bell, where, like, oh, Zach encounters a girl that's in a wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, those kind of, like, problems where they yeah. shouldn't really be problems. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm always curious about, you know, the differences between American and Canadian stuff. Is there something Canadian, uh, TV show, music, anything that you would recommend to an American to hunt out and find? Well, I would say OG Degrassi there. I, I mean, as far as I know, I'm in Canada, I'm going to have like different rules for YouTube, but as far as I know, Degrassi junior high and Degrassi high are all on YouTube. Um, I would say like when I was a teenager, I mean, everyone was listening to like metric and broken social scene and, and feist and we, you know, Canadian indie rock was huge. Is Tragically Hip, were they big down there? No. Oh, so um, they are massive here. Right, that's Cord Downey's group, right? You got it, yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, they were, and I was, and I don't know why I brought this up with another person, but like they were the theme song of this weird random Canadian show that we got on our PBS for like a year. Like, really? Um, Blow It High Doe was the theme song. Oh, I don't know. So that's the only song I really know of theirs. Really? Uh yeah, it was a, a Rick a Rick Mercer sitcom. Oh God, I don't I have no clue. God, Rick Mercer uh, from like you know late nineties, early two thousands when I was in high school or so. But like, yeah, that's that's the only thing. And I know that, and then being this the SNL nerd that I am, hell yeah. That one year when Dan Aykroyd hosted, he specifically requested "Tragically Hip" that's awesome. as his musical guest. Like, and it but it did nothing for them here in America. Like it didn't like pop them. So <laughs> they're just so like cottage country canada campfire more words uh dan Aykroyd is from kingston that's where i went to university kingston mm-hmm. ontario it's right near the border um upstate new york and uh he he lived there dan's from there and the tragically hip a bunch of them live there so those were kind of like those were the celebrity the celebrity mm-hmm. sightings when i went to school and then dan Aykroyd had this weird um like there was a legend surrounding dan where he kept <laughs> is so bizarre he kept picking up young maybe it happened only once but like gossip got a hold of it but he picked up this girl in the rain when it was like really was really rainy miserable day and she was walking to campus um and he goes hey can i give you a ride and she goes no i don't get in cars with strangers and allegedly he opened the door and said i'm not a stranger i'm dan Aykroyd." he drove her to to campus that that was the queen's university legend (laughs) That story ended so much better than I know, <laughs> and that's why Dan Aykroyd has been canceled. <laughs> that, that I was like, oh my god, like am I getting an exclusive of Dan Aykroyd awfulness? Like no, <laughs> <laughs> and then no, I'm no, not. It seems nice, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's a little weird things with some of like the conspiracy theory alien stuff, but oh, he's big into it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he seems okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> since we talked about SNL, like. Dan Aykroyd and a bit of SNL. Do you have a favorite mm-hmm. SNL cast member? Um, I, that's a great question. I mean, again, I always do have this weird thing where like, I prefer SCTV actually, like old, at least the old, the old stuff. Sure. Um, Like seventies. I always kind of thought like going back and like watching SNL back in the seventies, all this stuff. It's, it's not for me. It was for them. It was, it was for people, my parents age. So uh, yeah, the seventies SNL is way different than so different than what we have now. It's so different, and and it was great in its own way. But I much more I enjoyed SCTV more. Like if we're going seventies, early eighties. But my SNL, I love, and I haven't watched it in the last few years. But I fucking love Ad Bryant. 
Mm. She's fantastic. Yeah, she um she took a while to win me over. Really? And I'm I'm not fully won over, really? but she definitely shines in specific things. Like when when she and Kate McKinnon work together, mm-hmm. like that's great. Yep. Like I, I feel like when she's solo, like when she's like the star by herself, but when she's in a duo piece, it works way better for me. But fair. Like, Do you um sorry, go. No, I was saying like, you know, earlier in her in her career on us now, like her and Cecily Strong were like down together and they did a lot of stuff together. Oh, I love her. She's and then great. it switched to like her and, and Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Like she did a sketch this week with, and you said you haven't watched where it was a, where she was playing on the trope that like, she's like, yeah, I always play like the school mom or the weird mom or something. So I finally got to write the sketch. I want it. And she played like her love dream where like Oscar Isaac's like falling over himself in love with her. <laughs> That's great. And it's this weird, really funny, like, this is the first time I was like, oh, A.D. Bryant by herself. Okay. Awesome. Like yeah. I get it. But yeah, I mean, she's great. Like this new cast, like, and like the freedom that they've had to like do other projects in the middle of the season, like her doing her like sitcom, like oh Shrill or something. Like, Have you great. seen it? I haven't now. So Shrill's fantastic. Uh, I also will say I am a plus size woman and it's, it was like, like when it came out mm-hmm. a few years ago, I was like, what the fuck? Like this can exist and we're not the butt of the joke. And like, we're actually talking about these real things. Yeah. Um, and, and the same for her being on SNL, like, like when she played that um, horny teen girl, who's like obsessed with Drake. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Like, it's it's pretty cool to see that and it, it's that what you're saying about like her being cast as like the school mom and the mom and like the auditions I go out for are like <laughs> I'm 30 well I'm not 30 I don't know why I lied I'm 33 but, <laughs> but like I'm going out for like mom of of 19 year old and I'm looking yeah. at like someone my own age but like you know 100 pounds less than me and they're like you know stripper <laughs> so I guess you know <laughs> yeah it um yeah 80s yeah, AD is really one me over. Oh, and her um, her backpack traveler character on Weekend Update. I forget the character's name, but like where she talks about her adventures with her parents. Like, I, is that recent? Because I haven't watched it like the last she, two or three. She's years. done a couple times in the last couple of years, but like, like it's her playing off of, che, of Mike che, Michael Che, and it's oh, yeah. real fun because, yeah, she's great. She's great. I, I'm I'm on board more than I was the first time someone said AD Bryant. Yeah, have people said Eddie Bryant before? Yes, one of my first episodes, and I was immediately like, "What? No, she's she's too new. She you can't pick her." Like, <laughs> I'm picking her, baby. I'm picking her. I but, mean, I guess back in the day, like as well, a teenager, like four years ago, maybe Tina like, Fey. I loved. Tina, I yeah. loved Tina Fey, and I loved Thirty Rock. I was obsessed with Thirty Rock. That really inspired me as like a writer for sure. Joke yeah. parade, you know, just joke, 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 joke. The the high JPM, the high joke per minute. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, Okay, so the sketch you brought to me, mm-hmm. you wrote to audition for the Skechersons. Mm-hmm. Yep. What starts your comedy adult time? Like, what what what's your first step into becoming a sketch comedian? Um, so I moved to Toronto in 2010. I'm from a small town and I went to university and then moved to Toronto. Really wanted to be a comedian, like secret dream, you know? but I couldn't admit it. And everyone's like, well, you're there. The second city is in Toronto. Take classes. Couldn't do it. Like was weirdly frozen. Um, Finally went to therapy. uh, And like three years later, like 2013, I started taking classes. So that, that was kind of like the opening into like improv and stuff. And I like improv. Uh, But once I got into the Skechersons, then there was like this aha, like, oh, I can control the jokes <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. I don't have to like worry about like if I'm off tonight so much, uh, like an improv. So you Once... start with improv and do improv for years. Yeah, a few years. Yeah. Before, mm-hmm. before even like, were, I you, started, yeah. were you aware of the sketch scene? Like, yeah, I was aware of it. Um, I did uh, the conservatory at Second City and that um, you, you do write sketches, but through improv. Right. So it was like, you know, coming in with a point of view and being like, okay, like I want to play <laughs> a stupid slut and we can fucking, I don't know why I said that, but we can um, make a, make, 
make a, a show around this yeah. or this, a sketch around that. So technically it was sketch, but it's so different. And I yeah. much prefer sitting down and controlling it. Yeah. So use their improv going mm-hmm. through the conservatory and then you do sketcher scenes. What's, what's the trigger to finally audition for the sketcher scenes? Um, I think just confidence. I got uh, cast at this, um, the house company at second city, which is like kind of like the pre at the time, at least was like the pre thing before you get cast for real on the stage. Okay. And that, that made me think, and it, it was pretty competitive and I was shocked to get in. Um, and that was like, oh, okay. All right. Cause you know how you kind of think you're funny. You mm-hmm. think you're secretly funny, but you're like, I don't know if anyone else thinks this. Uh, but when um, I did the conservatory show and that went well, and then I get cast in this house company thing. That's when I was like, okay. And I started to get like, you know what? I am going to audition for Skechersons because it's really funny and I'm, I'm going to go for it. What was Skechersons like the first thing that you pursued sketch comedy wise like or yeah. were you like was the idea of an independent team like putting together your own group of people was that ever an no, option at no. that point I mean I think I think like I vaguely remember like having a couple meetings with a couple people about stuff but nothing ever came to fruition you know how you know yeah comedians they're so unreliable <laughs> Um, flaky. yeah so I loved the structure <laughs> yeah very flaky myself included um so I loved the structure of the Skechersons because it was we were attached to this bar like you can't just be like oh, I don't feel like doing the show this week yeah you know so yeah okay so let's talk about the Skechersons yeah um the this you say the sketch was 2016 but you got mm-hmm. into 20 at 2017 yeah didn't get in that year uh so the Tell me about, oh, because it's a weekly show. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you don't do every week. Like, I believe someone's told me before it's like 40 a week, 40 weeks out of the year or something like that. Uh, originally. I, I mean, back- I don't know. Like, I think it was most weeks. Like, it wasn't like we break for Christmas um, and then the odd long weekend and stuff. But like, it was probably like 40. I'm going to guess like 45 shows okay. a week, I'm, I'm a year, I mean. So that sounds like a massive commitment. So tell me about- your your week as a member of the Skechersons? Well, as a then single person who loves to drink it <laughs> and, and had like a part-time job and a bunch of little jobs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the end of the world. Like it was a really big deal for people who are like nine to five. Yeah. Um, and there were members like that uh, who, you know, had partners and <laughs> no one had kids. But yeah, uh, it wasn't such a huge deal for me. Basically it was every Thursday, we would get together, pitch our sketches. Um, uh, the head writer, which I, la- I later became head writer uh, the last more or less year I was there, maybe less than a year because uh, pandemic stopped it. Yeah. Um, obviously that's a lot more work being head writer, but then the head writer picks the best sketches. You find out what sketches are in on Sunday morning. You go in um, for Sunday at one o'clock, you we print all the sketches out. We have the comedy bar stage. We run everything for from 1 p.m. or like 1 30-ish because everyone's always late uh, until 4.30. Then we, and we have a host every week. We have a new host every week, like Sunday Night Live or Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, and then we do a tech run at 5.30, break for dinner, put on the show at 9.30. I, I joked earlier that we don't use the video of this. And if people saw the video of this, my eyes widen. <laughs> It's when, fun. You, when you said you don't pitch until Thursday yeah, and then you don't know what's happening until roughly, I'm going to do some math, eight hours before the show starts. Yeah. And then you do th- like, that's insanity to me. It felt <laughs> insane. Yeah. It felt insane. Like the first, like for the audition show, cause they do the same thing for the audition show. I was like, Oh my God, that's not fair. Give us the sketches ahead of time so we can memorize them and like be on our, and not be worried about lines. But once you're in it and you do it a lot, you just get really good at memorizing fast. Yeah, there's there's people that can, famously, like years and years ago, um, Harry Shearer was a, a cast member of Saturday Night Live. And he mm-hmm. talks about like how insane the schedule of Saturday Night Live is where they, they pitch on Wednesday, they write Tuesday, went like they pitch on Monday, right Tuesday Wednesday and then they start playing around and they don't really start rehearsing until Friday or so oh my god and he was like yeah back in the day of the 50s and Sid Caesar they would have their sketches written on Monday and they would rehearse all week blah 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 (laughs) and I was like 
and I, I'm just thinking about that Skechersen schedule. I'm like, first off, you know, there's blocking and everything on, on SNL, but they have mm-hmm. cue cards. Yeah. You presumably don't. Well, for we fuck up a Skechers. lot. <laughs> we fuck up a lot though. And you know what was a real thing when I became head writer? Because I'm a little precious about like, if I put at the time into writing what I think is a perfect line and not all of them are perfect, but the odd time you write something you're proud of uh, and you go on that stage and one of your actors out of laziness or out of just forgetfulness completely butchers the line or drops it. Yeah. When I was just, you know, new to the sketches, I was like, oh, gee, whatever. When I was head writer, I was like, no, nope, take it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, we wrote. Like, don't improvise. This isn't an improv show. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, that's why like, oh, I'm sure someone has told me that schedule before. And I'm sure I had the same reaction of that's insanity. I understand you all have full-time jobs and everything else, but like. I was pretty broke at the time. It was maybe, <laughs> maybe give yourself an extra day. Yeah, maybe. To play around with it. Like, I don't know. It was but, mostly just such high paced fun with people like I genuinely loved. Yeah. We all got really close. Who like. So you joined in 2017. Who would have been in your cast and, and writing crew? When I first got in, Allison Hogg was the head writer. Um, after that, it was Alessandra Vite, then my buddy Marshall Lorenzo. I got really close with Tom Hearn, who... Mm. Do you know Tom? I know of. I don't <laughs> think we've ever met, but he... he Tom did a, a showcase with last year's Toronto Sketch Fest. Yes, he did. Yeah. He's yeah. putting it on again and, next week, actually. And he's, from what I understand, like, who was it that worked with him as a, where he was the director? It's not going to come Was it a Jonas? Maybe. A Jonas Charlie did yeah, a one-person show and they had Tom as a director. But Tom's great. Um, we're good buddies. Um, Erica Gellert, maybe. Erica, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, they're a duo. Of. They were used yeah. to be, well, I think they still are a duo. It's hard to tell with the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but who knows who's still around and still doing stuff? But yeah, I remember came in she was the, the one time. that uh, she was the one I first I heard his name. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so she came in at the same time. Myself, um, Alex Kalenko. I don't know if you know Kalenko. Public he, Works, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There are lots of people. I don't even remember. Jesus, uh, how, Carson so, was in it initially how, when I was like. In how it. big is the cast? Like how. Around 15 people usually. Okay. And, and the thing is, if like some people week, get, you... yeah, exactly. Right. I didn't like out of 45, you know, shows a year, I'd probably make 40. Right. I mean, that was really good. That's a good record though. Like most people are pretty good at it. Other people are like, we'll see you when I see you. And then eventually like, you know, they kind of get, they yeah. kind of leave eventually. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea that like, there are people that are ground in, in LA, the Groundlings Theater, like you're groundling until you give it up. Yeah. So there are people that have been groundlings for years that haven't fully participated like in their Sunday shows. So, I mean, personally, I always thought, I mean, not to put it in a such a gross way, but like shit or get off the pot. Like yeah. if your career is doing that well, that you can't, you don't it, need this anymore. You don't need this. Exactly. Yeah. And that uh, usually second city is the big thing that takes them away. Hmm. Yeah. So how long sketch sins and Sunday night live is, is there a chance that it restarts? Has that restarted? I don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm done with it personally, just because like I'm getting older. I, you don't get paid. Yeah. So, um, and I'm doing like, I don't know, more writing and like actual getting money stuff. So that's probably, I'm just not going, I'm not going back, but I it, <laughs> honestly, like no joke, best years of my life, like had such great times. It's one of those things that like you can absolutely do and handle in your, you know, mid to early late 20s yeah like and it, but i've been making the joke this year that like because there, there's been a lot of like pandemic weddings and pandemic babies here in philadelphia yeah. within the comedy scene yeah that nothing kills a comedy career as quick <laughs> as a wedding ring or a baby oh, you know like i just got engaged don't say that <laughs> <laughs> but it's true like, that it's priority true. shift completely happens oh my like, god well, like i go out now to comedy bar and like we haven't like been that involved like it has the comedy scene's not back 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 but, right, no, but now when i go out i'm like well i don't care to make out with anybody here <laughs> i'm going to get a terrible hangover if i have more than three drinks i'm gonna go to bed yeah yeah those those late nights aren't gonna happen anymore like yeah 
I mean, some people still, but I don't know. I don't have any single stamina, as they say. <laughs> I don't. Like, I, I used to be like, well, who's the lucky guy tonight? Like, <laughs> I'm single and I still don't have that stamina. Like. <laughs> oh, you need it. Some of my best work was done. Just <laughs> wasted at 4 a.m. <laughs> well, okay. So, I mean, Philly last calls too, so. Oh, well, yeah, it's two, it's two here too, but like wink wink like yeah. comedy bar like come on. right They're <laughs> private establishments you know yeah yeah yeah. blah 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 <laughs> we're not going to call anybody out because we want them to stay alive no we love them <laughs> so, so uh in addition to sketchersons are you doing anything else sketch comedy wise like i work with the second city a little mm-hmm. um i was <laughs> i'm like the consummate like forever understudy so i've, I've understudied a lot of uh their shows the touring company blah blah so right now I'm understanding their main stage show, which is great. Mm. So that's cool. Um, and writing sketches. I wrote, do what I do. <laughs> I forgot what my job is. I write, <laughs> um, I'd love to write television stuff. Like I'm always working on like a spec script or something, yeah. but like, ooh, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, but uh, I write for delisted.com, which is like this um, gossip, celebrity gossip site blog. Okay. And it's in out of America. It's out of America. So it's a big time. Uh, and I write comedy uh, celebrity articles every day, like making fun of celebrities. And how, how is that? Like, I love it. Like what celebrities it. are you making fun of? Like anything. Like, so basically um, I read delisted for a long time before I even got hired, like a couple of years ago. So I need a style already, which is very snarky. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of just make fun of them and write like little comedy pieces and, but you're actually like telling the news. So like, for example, Michael Sarah had a baby. So that was what I had to write about today. I know. What? I know. He's, I know. He's, he's still 14. Like. Exactly. And that was the joke I started off with. You go, <laughs> the low hanging fruit, Josh, the low hanging fruit. <laughs> so you write, blah, blah, blah. He's having a baby. Huh? I thought he was fucking young. Oh man, we're old. <laughs> Some stupid joke that I spent too long on. And then you give the information and then you cap it off with another joke. <laughs> so you have to put in like the real like yeah yeah you're giving the real news yeah i'm a reporter <laughs> i'm a journalist <laughs> we're not breaking any news we're not like this is what i heard but we're you know we're just commenting and like sharing snarky takes on actual gossip what kind of spec scripts are you writing like what, uh, what the last one you did like what would have been like the last one i did like the mindy project in 2015 and that's long (laughs) now i keep like taking pilot classes and like Mm. trying to write but just do more original stuff instead of yeah yeah i uh josh i have so many (laughs) final drafts drafts (laughs) and i don't know what it is like if i had a if i had a deadline i would do it yeah if i had a deadline Right now I'm kind of just scraping everything together and I write like these nature documentaries. And so it all kind of adds up to making rent. Yeah. 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 We're the same person of having multiple final draft drafts. Yeah. With no, with no deadline for sure. Like, yeah. uh, at least I'm not the only one that's afflicted no, with no. that. I think there's really, I think I got in a conversation once with a comedian and I was like bitching about some person who got hired on a TV show. And I was like, they're not even a good writer. I've read their stuff. They're shit. They're not funny. And yes, all of my shit talking this person was based on jealousy. Um, and this person said to me, this person I was talking to was like, you know, though, there's two very different kinds of writers. They're the people that actually put words down on paper and get hired for the job because they actually have a writing package. And then there's, you know, and, and maybe they're funny too. Sometimes the two do meet. Uh, but then there's like the kind of the artist, quote unquote, who who shit it, who shit it stuff like when there's no deadline and yeah. they they need structure because they I'm not good at like I have to write all these nature documentaries this week. I've been putting them off for a month. I'm screwed this week. I'm screwed. And now you're talking to me. Like... I know it's it's <laughs> just another way of procrastinating. Uh, what's Giovanni? Oh, Giovanni. What, do you have like a biography or something there? No. Yes, you do. I've got notes from Damien. Oh. (laughs) Giovanni was um, myself and my buddy, Marshall Lorenzo. That was our duo. And we did two sketch fests from it. And then the pandemic happened and Marshall moved back to New Zealand. So, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. Yeah. So that's where he is now. I got a little obsessed with New Zealand because their 
version of Taskmaster, the the British I, TV show. Oh, I love the New Zealand one was fantastic. I didn't know there was a New Zealand one. Yeah, there there's been two seasons so far. Second season's fantastic. Like really? Yeah, they're but they're both real good for a like because. Really? So I had heard of Taskmaster before because they, they did one in America mm-hmm. with Reggie Watts as a Taskmaster. Right. I've heard of that. Didn't see it though. Was it bad? Not good. Not good. Ooh, they shit. cut it in half. So they only did half hour episodes. Mm-hmm. No. And it's Reggie no. Watts. And, it, and it's Alex Horn as the, as the assistant. Little Alex Horn went, went to America? But it doesn't work because Reggie Watts doesn't have that energy that uh, Greg Davies has or... I'm going to say it. I find Greg Davies because, okay, this is, I, I learned, I watched Taskmaster, Master, Taskmaster. I got into Taskmaster through my partner um, and I'd never seen it before. And my partner loves, he loves Greg Davies. He's like, oh, he's so funny. And I'm like, I think he's a fucking prick. I think he's the worst part of the show. You, <laughs> there, I said it. But he's the, that's what he's supposed to be. Like, uh, but in that role. he's sexist. He's sexist. He's always harder on the women. He's not that funny. I'm done. I like Alex. I like, I, he's not, a, he's not, a, he's not a bad host. I just don't like him as a person. It's a pure, pure taste. It's a taste thing. And hmm. I find him sexist. He's a, mis- he's a misogynist. You heard it here first based on just me. Casually I, just watching say, I, I want proof of that because I watch it. Seriously. I've watched every much. episode. You should try watching Taskmaster first before you talk about it. <laughs> I've watched every episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was now- my pandemic like entertainment. Was, <laughs> was it? Was it your, really? It was yeah, it was my pandemic discovery basically was Taskmaster and I just like one of my friends like like you would like this and then I just swallowed it whole for like three months like yeah it's great it is great though and it, and you get to meet like a lot of like British comedians I didn't know existed yeah uh, yeah absolutely like there's people that I've discovered from that show that like well even in and the New Zealand one like that I've started following and paying attention to. Like the Taskmaster assistant in New Zealand is hilarious. Really? And he actually does music and his albums are really fun too. Like, That's and it's not like comedy, it's not like like Weird Al like comedy music, mm-hmm. but it's music that's funny. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I recommend <laughs> hey, Paul Williams. I, I find Weird Al extremely funny. How dare you? No, I'm, no, I'm saying it's not like. Oh, I thought I, you said I love Weird Al too, but it's not like <laughs> we're in to be at the joke. Like you know, it's there's jokes within real songs. I thought you were like. Um, no, no, I'm, it's I, it's not like Weird Al. This music's am, actually funny. <laughs> I'm not crap talking Weird Al. All all of my friends know I'm not doing that. Like I don't know, actually, man. You should <laughs> think about what you're saying on this podcast because I can't wait for about. that movie that he that he has with uh Daniel Radcliffe coming out like I love that I love like, Daniel Radcliffe I'm on board <laughs> I have not all but most of Weird Al's records really I, oh so will, you're oh so so it is quite the offense that I've even yeah, yeah misunderstood how that how dare you <laughs> this is over now like, well, okay <laughs> see I'm gonna go by week <laughs> um yeah and he's coming here like i think in october i have to wait until october for a show really that's neat um anyway but yeah taskmaster is great uh i i don't think i'm on board with your craig greg davies as hey well you know as a woman i you know i would know more than you (laughs) just saying (laughs) right i yeah i i can't be like I no, disagree wholly. Like no, my my fiance, he gets pissed when I say it. He's like, just let me enjoy the program. <laughs> I'm like, fine. And I well, I'm not I'm not gonna argue against like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna disagree and move on. Yeah, um, and that's fair, and that's fine. That's what people do every day. <laughs> and you have something solo going into this year's sketch fest, right? Yeah, like okay, so my my goal was when sketch fest was going to be live i was like okay great give me a deadline so i can write a one woman show i've been meaning to do this since the start of the pandemic like march 20th i was like 2020 i was like well now the next two weeks i get off i'm gonna write a one woman show but you know two years later nope uh so i thought i would use that as a deadline obviously now we're online so i wrote a music video and then i did (laughs) and then i did a uh my top five tiktoks i've made of 2021 so <laughs> real lazy shit here baby <laughs> all right i've i don't understand tiktok 
Oh, I'm and I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm seeing the best parts of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I just joined. Yeah. That's why it's not. I, I joined because a friend sent me something and it just stopped. So I thought I was like only seeing like the first half of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I was like, <laughs> okay, if, if I, maybe I have to join to see the whole thing. Uh, and that wasn't true. I haven't produced anything on it. I haven't, you know, shot anything and put it up, but I'll watch stuff. And I'm just like, what is like, what is this? So like, sell me on TikTok. Okay. So the issue with you is so many things. Uh, no, because I was the same. I had TikTok for a year and I was like, this is stupid. I don't get it because it is you, you have to build your algorithm. That That's what I'm assuming. That is yeah. my algorithm for whatever reason is still just awful. Yeah. Okay. So I use my partner's phone to go on to TikTok to comment on my videos so my videos get more attention so yes okay. i am cheating sure. uh and whenever i go on his tiktok because he's never on it he doesn't like it uh what i see on the fyp for you page like you know your main page feed is just picture like girls it's, dancing with their it's bonkers it, it's yeah unnecessary <laughs> like it's not what i want this material to be it's ridiculous it's just like sexy sexy gals doing like little dances and it's terrible my TikTok feed is glorious. It's comedy. It's, um, oh God, it's mostly comedy, but it's like a lot of celebrity stuff because I love celebrities. It's real housewife stuff because I love the real housewives. Uh, it's perfectly tailored. I spent hours that add up to weeks on this app. So it is perfectly tailored for me, for you page. That's what it's called, the for you page, the feed. So if you just keep liking things that you like, eventually it'll become tailored to what okay. And not just the random awfulness that I don't care about. Okay. Because so you gotta, can really like. I got to actually like stuff. Yeah. And and do you know what's neat though as a creator? Because I didn't like it until I went viral on it. And then I'm like, I'm big. Oh, you went viral. Oh, I went viral, baby. 20 million views on this one video. I know. It's bizarre. Not a dollar was made. Either. <laughs> right. Because uh, <laughs> I'm Canada. They don't have the creator fund or whatever here. Um, so I made this video with like, just capitalizing on that little Nas song, call me by your name. Okay. Little Nas X. Uh, and it was just like a joke about like getting into heaven or something. You have to like pretend not to know the song to get into heaven because everyone was saying, because it was gay, it was like immoral. And like, you go to hell. I don't know. Um, and it, Lil Nas retweeted it or reposted it and, uh, it went viral. And that's the nice part about TikTok because it's not just your followers on your Instagram feed or people on your Facebook or whatever. It Your TikToks get sent to everybody. Yeah. And then if they do well, they get sent to more people and more people and more people. So it's, it can actually like kind of strike gold. It's really cool. Well, I mean, strike gold without giving you actual gold. No, there's no, I'm so broke. Please give me money. I'm getting paid for this podcast. <laughs> uh, no. but like comedy wise like i'm watching like you know like megan i forget how to say your name statler or stalter megan stalter i don't know she's like i don't know if it's tl or lt i don't know but i saw her like initially on twitter and like you i i was inspired by like that kind of pov like character to camera thing and i'm not that like i'm so bad at twitter like twitter is beyond me um so I'm not good at putting stuff on there, but when I put it on TikTok, sometimes it goes well, sometimes. I feel like Twitter now is just like, as a comedy person, as comedians, mm-hmm. Twitter's just better for self-promotion and like, hey, I'm going to be here this day. Like, because if you've yeah. got jokes, people are going to take it wrong. Like the written joke is dead, you know, like. I'm not good at, you know, some people are just good and they have a way of putting it into Twitter language that like kills every yeah. time. I'm not good at that. I mean, follow me, sure, but like, <laughs> I need the followers. <laughs> as we as we're winding down, um, same two questions I ask everybody. First off, what's a piece of advice that you would give to a new comedy writer? Um, the piece of advice I would be good give would be to um, not be as precious as I was I was initially, uh, because it just stopped me from writing anything. And no, because I taught comedy actually. Oh, haha forgot I taught uh writing at Second City for a while the sketch writing thing and my students they'd come in and it's not to say they weren't funny 
they'd have the same ideas every time as the class before them. Mm. And I had those ideas too. Yeah. It's, we all go for the obvious at first, the obvious POV at first, because we're new and to not have shame about that and to just write through it and then find your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Just find, you know, don't be precious, find your voice, keep writing. Yeah. I don't think I ever want to see a a class full of sketch 101. (laughs) You know, like it's interesting. Graduation class. I don't want to, I don't want to see that. (laughs) Sometimes they're really, you, you know what? Diamonds in the rough. And you, the, the the people you you wouldn't think are funny are really fucking funny. I ask this whenever I hear about people that have taught sketch writing, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it seemed to be a very real trend here in Philly, at least with my friends that taught here. Was there a racist old person in your class? Always. Oh, yeah. Okay. Always. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. I'm glad it's not just yeah. a Philadelphia thing. Like, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. I also taught improv. Same as that. Yeah. It's always like, what, what do you mean? I can't do an Indian accent. Oh my God. <laughs> ah, Bill, you're killing yeah. me. Okay. Good. I'm, I'm happy. That's not just no, that's across the board. Getting close to universal. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, uh, why comedy? Why comedy? Because life sucks and you shouldn't take yourself so seriously fuck it, man. Like Christ, (laughs) like we're all depressed and sad and anxious. Period. (laughs) Done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's times where I'm like, when I hear people that are like well-adjusted and and want to pursue comedy, I'm like, this isn't for you. I think they're secret fuck-ups. Yeah. Oh, that's very possible that they're actually hiding, you know, their deep darkness. Like, (laughs) Maybe. I'm going to hope that's the case now. Like, I think it's your quote unquote well-adjusted because I've had a lot of friends who are quote unquote well-adjusted. They are generally in denial (laughs) about a lot going on in their life or, or criminally boring. I forgot to mention in the previous episode, but thanks to Damian Nelson, producer of Toronto Sketchfest, for help in connecting me with Emily. Emily's work will be featured in Toronto Sketchfest Screen Time Edition on March 26th at 8.30 p.m. She will also be participating in a panel called TikTok Masterclass for Comedians on March 24th at 11 a.m. All the information for those can be found at torontosketchfest.com. You can follow Emily on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok all the same name at emrich44 or mrich44, however you want to say it. And Emily writes for delisted.com where you can read her take on celebrity news and gossip. Don't forget, I will be hosting Sketch Train during Toronto Sketch Fest on Saturday, March 26th. It will start after the rest of the programming that night, so probably around 11 p.m. And Sketchy Bader, Philly Sketch Fest Sketch Comedy Open Mic returns to Zoom on April 1st at 10 p.m. You can find out more at sketchybitter.com. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at facebook.com slash phlsketchfest. Follow Philly Sketchfest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.